Greetings, and welcome to the Prometheus Project Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Bist. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of creativity. You know, as artists and creative types, there's a need for us to express ourselves. It's what we do. We have something inside ourselves that just needs to come out. So at the most basic level, we create for ourselves. It's how we express ourselves, how we share thoughts, emotions, how we convey ideas. But do we create solely for ourselves? I think it's an interesting question. Who do we create for? Personally, I create for myself, first and foremost. I've been writing and drawing, making music since I was a tiny kid, and no one knew or cared what I was up to back then. I did it because I wanted to. It was fun. It was a way to get the words and sounds and images out of my head and into the real world. I worked like that for many, many years. I was 15 years old before I showed someone a short story I wrote. Luckily, it was my language arts teacher, and she was wonderful. Mrs. Covert. She actually took the time to read my awful little horror story and mark it up with a red pen. All that red ink was terrifying when I first saw it on the pages. They were dripping red. But after reading what she wrote, the questions she asked, and the suggestions she made, I was flattered. Sure, my story was bad. I was inexperienced and trying badly to imitate Stephen King, who everyone in high school was reading in the 80s. But she was trying to help me improve. I recognized that, and I'm eternally grateful to her. But even after that experience, I didn't want to show people what I was creating. I think part of it was embarrassment. I didn't want anyone to confirm that I sucked as a writer and artist. Also, a lot of the stuff I was writing at that time was very personal. I was working through a lot of teenage angst, struggling to find out who I was, what I wanted. I was trying to understand love, relationships, my place in the world, self-expression and all that. And most of it came out as poems. I did get lucky a second time when my senior year English teacher read some of these poems and, well, she actually teared up. I think that was the first time I'd ever seen anyone react to my work on an emotional level. It was a weird mixture of shock, surprise, excitement. Someone read something I wrote and it touched them. But even after that, I was hesitant to show anyone else what I was creating. It wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I felt comfortable showing others my work. Friends, of course, who actually read my amateurish scribblings and asked to read more. So it was around that time that I began to think about other people when I wrote. You know, thinking about their comments on the finished pieces I showed them and trying to write new things that might appeal to them. It was an interesting transition. I was no longer my sole audience. It was also around this time that I realized that women actually liked it when I wrote poems for them. Yeah, I wasn't exactly the brightest bulb in the marquee when it came to women, <laughs> obviously. But I had learned to start writing poems for the ladies and, in turn, expanded my audience. It was another interesting transition, but this time with a reward on delivery. But I think the biggest change was when I was first published. It was a poem in the entertainment section of a local newspaper. It even had my photo next to it. This is when I realized that there was a much broader audience out there that I could reach, who might enjoy my work. And yeah, I might actually get paid for it. So fast forward a couple of decades. 
I've been lucky enough to have had a handful of poems and short stories published, along with articles I wrote for local and regional publications. I'm not famous in any sense, but I've had positive feedback on my work, and I've gotten paid for it. It's satisfying to know that people, complete strangers, have read my work and enjoyed it. I've received messages from a few folks, had letters written to editors complimenting my articles, and once had someone actually stop me in a store to say that they read one of my stories. It was kind of mind-blowing. But through all this, one thing never changed, and that's the fact that first and foremost, I write and create for myself. Here's the thing. We all want to be known, or at least have our work known. It doesn't matter if you're looking to be the next best-selling author or if you're happy just scribbling in a notebook by flashlight under your covers at night. You know, in the end, we all hope that at some point, someone will see our work and they'll like it. The problem is that sometimes we forget that. I'm guilty of it myself. There is this phase I went through, short-lived, thankfully, where I was trying to write stories for people. What I mean is, I wasn't writing for myself. I was writing with other people in mind. I'm not sure that makes sense, so I'll try to give you a different example. Consider popular music. A band breaks big, a group who puts out a fantastic album of original material, goes straight to the top of the charts. They tour, they go on television, they're everywhere. Then they issue their next album, still good stuff. Third album, still pretty good, but not quite as good as the first two. The songwriters in the band notice this, so they think to themselves, hey, we're losing our audience, we need to write stuff that they'll like so we can get them back. But their next album is really bland. They still get a few sales, but it's fading. In a few years, they break up, or some members leave and they're replaced. They ride off into obscurity. To me, the problem isn't that they lost their talent or their edge. It's that they forgot who they were writing for. Of course, I don't know any famous musicians personally, but I know enough amateur musicians to know that this example band I mentioned started out writing music that they liked to listen to. They played riffs that they liked, things that they found catchy, things they found powerful. They were writing from their heart about personal experience or things they cared about. But as they became more popular, they began to lose focus. They forgot to write music that they liked and were trying to please the masses. Sure, tastes change, but as I've said on a previous episode, honesty in art is important. If you're creating for yourself first, you're probably going to be a lot more honest than when you're creating for others. When you focus on creating for others, you're trying to meet their expectations. You don't want to disappoint them. You want them to like you, to like your work. When you have that mentality, you're not going to be honest. I've seen this happen with other artists, not just musicians. I've seen authors who started out writing a couple of great mainstream novels, but their work begins to become too generic, too predictable. They start writing in order to reach a broader audience. They try to hit all the right points, incorporate all the correct elements. But in doing so, they end up losing their spark, that flame that makes them unique. With my own work, I've struggled a few times. I wanted to be a successful writer. I wanted my stories to be read by everyone, to go on book tours, to be interviewed, invited to book fairs. 
So I thought the way to accomplish this was to see what other people responded to in other popular works and then try and incorporate that into my own. Man, that was a mess. You know, I was trying to write a mainstream novel, not something I'm entirely comfortable with, and I was trying my best to adjust my writing style, my voice, so that it would appeal to the mass audience. I've worked in marketing and communications over the years, and our rule of thumb in those professions was always to reach the broadest audience possible. In order to do that, you have to write short, catchy lines. You have to write to an 8th grade reading level. You follow the AP style guide. It's great for mass communications and marketing, but it's the worst choice for fiction. And yeah, my writing suffered. Nothing I wrote during those several years was worth a damn. I was frustrated. I was confused. I felt I'd lost my way as a writer. But then I had an epiphany. It actually came to me while I was meditating one afternoon. I realized that I had it backward. That the only person I need to be writing for is myself. I needed to write stories that I would enjoy reading. Yes, my tastes are far from mainstream, but that shouldn't matter. What matters is my being happy with what I've written, being proud of it. When I changed my perspective, my writing improved. I was still writing science fiction and horror, but I was writing it my own way. I wasn't focused on writing stories that appealed to the market. I pushed that out of my mind. I quit worrying about whether or not anyone would read my stories or even like them. It simply didn't matter. Instead, I focused on pleasing the reader inside myself. My stories are odd, weird, bloody, a little erotic. I immersed myself in the strange and the bizarre. That's where I'm most comfortable, writing stories that are outside the mainstream, that probably appeal to a much smaller audience. And that's okay. You see, to me, the point of being a writer isn't to become rich and famous. Sure, money and recognition are great, but they also have their downsides. The cult of celebrity, loss of privacy, hangers-on. You know, having a lot of people with deep pockets tell you what to write and how to write it. That's just not me. To me, the point of being a writer is expressing myself, my ideas. I want to tell stories that make me laugh, or cringe, or shudder, or make me think, what the hell? I write to make myself happy, and that's it. Now, if people read my work and enjoy it, fantastic. It'll encourage me to write more, to see what other dark highways I can travel in search of ideas. If my stories sit on the hard drive of my MacBook and never see the light of day, I'm okay with that too. Disappointed? Sure. I'm human. I'd be bummed by that. But still... At least I got the story out of my head and made it real. I was able to express myself creatively. I'll be satisfied by that. So, who do you create for? Who is your muse? And how does that affect your output? Think about this. You know, it might make a difference in how you create. Okay, so to close out this episode, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Something I did a couple of episodes ago. First one. What turns me on creatively? You know, for me, I think the main thing that turns me on creatively is when I get into that zone. I'm sure you know what I'm referring to. For me, you know, when I'm writing, I can slip into this trance-like state when the words are flowing, 
All I see are the words on the screen, not paying attention to anything else. Not my fingers on the keyboard, anything going on around me. It's just me, the story, and the lighted screen. There have been occasions where I've written upwards of two hours in this state, completing full drafts. And when I'm done, when the words are finished and something finally snaps me out of it, I feel mentally exhausted, but physically excited. I think it's like an endorphin rush. I'm pumped up, aroused, ecstatic. It doesn't happen all the time, but man, when it does, I feel like a junkie getting a fix. So, as a follow-up question, what turns me off creatively? For me, frustration is a turn-off. You know, if the words aren't coming out right, if I'm stuck on an idea and I can't get it to work, if I'm bombarded with distractions, well, that just shuts me down. Like many creative individuals, I have this need to express myself, but sometimes, well, things just don't work out. And unfortunately, I can't force creativity. And sure, I can work around a writer's block or move on to something else, but there are days when it's just frustration after frustration, and on those days, I don't get anything accomplished. So, your exercise for this episode is to think about these two questions. What turns you on and what turns you off when it comes to creativity, and why? As always, I'd love to hear from my listeners. Feel free to drop me a line at my website, richardbist.com, or catch me on Twitter, at richardbist. Feedback is always appreciated, and please feel free to tell your friends and neighbors about the podcast. Hope you get something out of this. So I'll uh, talk to you next episode. Cheers.